Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. I am honored to be sitting next to Jeremy Boucher. Mm, Boucher. <laughs> And then you, I have, you were my first interview with someone that was not, oh, from this, actually the current cast, Yeah, I had been doing people my age and then I had seen the show when I was there for the reunion. So I just was like, I wonder if anyone will do it. I'm going to reach out. And I think mm-hmm. you were already commenting. So I knew you were following everybody else's story. So yeah. we've done, we've done a few. We did the, um, the get together in Paris, Jane. Yeah, we well, we actually started with uh, one with Rene Rosenzal during the very first week of COVID, um, talking about the show and how it was to be in lockdown. Then we talked again when I went into management. Yeah. Uh, after COVID, then we met in Paris. We did this interview at the Salon Bluebell with Jane, and here we are. <laughs> here we are, and you were the one. I really want to have this next part of these videos or videos that interviews be about Mm -hmm. life after Lido, because we talked just a little bit before we recorded how there was just so much, like there was so much, not deadness, but nothing happening with COVID, but things were still being created. And then Mm -hmm. this huge thing, when it finally opens has all this energy and it gets going and people are so happy to be back on the stage and so grateful because who knew if it was ever going to come back. Mm-hmm. And then with the selling and the waiting, and then there's just, we who are listening, we're not hearing what you were hearing every day, but we were waiting to hear, is it sold? Am I going to get to Paris? And then to have all this around the closing, and then it's just this quiet. And I'm looking on Instagram because the first week, mm-hmm. all I saw was people in the cast pictures of them in their costumes, and we love Lido and all that. And then, then I check in and everybody's on vacation and they're at weddings and life is going on. But I know <laughs> that there's a story in between that of- yeah what happens to your heart as a dancer and people who've waited their whole life to get to Lido and just, I just be there for that week before to see how much class and dignity was on that stage from Mm -hmm. you all from management. It was an honor to talk to you and Jane to hear what you've been holding and how you cared for that cast, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, be carefree. Thanks so much for just your own career and the whole cast. And so I really, really wanted to hear from you because I've been following your journey from watching you move up to management <laughs> and to be in the in this epic time of the last of the bluebells, as far as we know, um, to be leading in something like that. And how we, we talk a little, I'd love for you to expand too, what it'd be like if you had not been management, if you were a dancer mm-hmm. and what it was like for you to be in this position that you were so suited for. So anyway, welcome. That was a long intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Sherry, for having me again. Um, yeah, so we talked about it before. Um, Lido was my kid's dream, and it was my whole life, uh, even before I get my first contract to Lido, because it was really a dream for me to, to be dancing on that stage. Uh, and then when we first talked during COVID, um, I was starting to do many things, different things within the company, uh, which led me to uh, be promoted to assistant ballet master. So that meant that I went to management and, and I was assisting Jen Sonsby, the ballet mistress. And I was working with Petra Machuk, who is 
doing this whole uh, administrative sides of the artistic team. Uh, and so that was for me a big accomplishment and I was the next step, if I may say, in my dream. That was really, yeah, that was the dream continuing in the most amazing way, especially at this moment of my life. Uh, it was just so amazing to me. Uh, and then to reopen after COVID, you, you said the right word, there was so much energy uh, within the cast and, and the whole Lido teams actually uh, to reopen and to re-put the show on stage. And especially because it was the 75th birthday. So we were preparing this big tribute tableau that was uh, 15, 16 parts, uh, 16 minutes parts of the show uh, with best ofs of the old review. Uh, so for me, it was just the best of the best. That was the creme de la creme because I was managing that next to Jane uh, and get to work on those amazing pieces, those archive costumes, those music, those choreographies. So that was really the best way. And also all the little events or TV gigs that we did during the last year of Lido was all about the 75th anniversary. So we got to do TVs and uh, defiles and, and numbers during galas outside of Lido with those old costumes. So the whole year was about that and it was fantastic. And I'm actually glad that we got this Jubilee tableau for the closure of Lido. I think that was really important to keep that until the very last night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, few weeks into just, I think a week after we reopened back in September, 2021, we found out through the press that uh, the Lido might be selling to a new group. And then eventually uh, throughout the months, uh, a few months later, we found out that it will change and it would not be the same format as we know it, um, which obviously was very hard for most of us and for me too. And, you know, I, I auditioned at Lido and it was my dream for very precise uh, artistic, aesthetic reasons uh, and and yeah so for me it was just a shame and a waste and that's all I've been thinking and saying since we found out but it is what it is and it was very important I think for the whole cast and for the whole Lido and especially for Jane myself and Petra to uh, go out in a bang and to make it count until the, the, the last the last night and to um, to keep the dignity and the honor that we were passed uh, from Pierre Rambert and Miss Bluebell and this whole generations of uh, Bluebell girls and Kelly boys that were before us. And I think that was, yeah, we, we really tried to put our best efforts in doing that in the best ways possible to 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 yeah to pay tribute uh, to, to to the whole history of it and that's why we created this number for the the last weekend so we did a, a three-day celebration for the closing weekend and for those three days we had a pre-show that was a bit modified in a sense that we prepared um a number where there was an intro uh, with beautiful mirrorscape from Bravissimo and a kind of mysterious music, which I think was a, a very nice introduction into uh, the little world. Uh, and then I prepared, uh, with the help of many people, a five minutes um, tribute video, 
with mm. most of the characters that really made the Lido. It's impossible to put everyone. So I'm sure some people will see the video and have a comment about this person is missing or we don't see <laughs> enough of this person. But it's really hard because it's 75 years. So obviously we had to pay homage to Miss Bluebell, the Clericos family we, who founded the Lido. Uh, René Fradet, who was the artistic director, Pierre Luguerin, uh, Don Arden, Folco, and then all the, the generation after that. So yeah, that was a big part of this number. And then we went to do a, a number that was a dance number with um, most of the company uh, using again, all costumes. It was all black and white because we wanted to be very chic. And also we wanted to use a costume from different revues. So instead of doing a big, micmac of colors we were like no let's do black and white Lido is one of the only cabaret that really use black usually it's not very uh, a color that you use in this kind of show because it's very dark and it doesn't take the light so well but for me Lido is very this kind of chicness uh, with dark colors with other strong colors or white and and beautiful shapes so that's why that's what we tried to do and then we mixed music that were coming from panache but we wanted to be very a tribute of the lido and the lido originally donarden was a big i cannot say fan but he, he loved uh old hollywood glamorous movies so we wanted to have those top hats moment the singing in the rain uh, we wanted to use Rhapsody in Blue by Gershwin because it was used for so many reviews by Jim Harbert. So yeah, we tried to put our brains into, into that, but in the same time, not trying to copy what was done before. The goal was not to recreate something that was already done. We wanted to take the codes and to make a last creation with the company because I think the leader was always a place of creation and that's what we wanted to do. We didn't want it to put something that was already done before and mm. yeah so we closed and then <laughs> that was beautiful to be honest like the 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 last shows uh the last few days were very very intense emotionally uh very sad for many many reasons but also to to have the support on the social media by all the person who couldn't be there plus the person who were there uh, former dancers and former colleagues and friends uh, and to be all together one last time like the big leader family the big bluebells community getting all together that was amazing and it was hard to take it all in uh, but I'm so 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 glad that we decided to end the story this way and we get to experience it one last time and to have the little buzz like we know how it can buzz this way oh. and I have to say I had maybe yeah three or four moments that made me really feel like out of out of the world uh, on in this place uh, the first one was the last show of Bonheur because obviously a dernier and it was my first show I was maybe 20 uh, so it was oh. one of those buzzing moments that was amazing uh then there was the talent shows the two talent shows that i organized with lido uh those moments were very amazing also because we it was just private and we only got to have family and friends in the room and then all the uh, employees not just dancers participate in the show so that was really a good family moment 
there was the reunion, obviously, having you all in the room and the uh, the ambiance was so electric that night and and the, the gathering after the show was so amazing to and, and we got to share stories and laugh and drinks and dance all together before before this whole COVID. So yeah, that was the, the third moment. And then the last one, uh, and I think I will remember this one forever, was the last show of Lido. I wanted to thank you for letting Miles and I sit in on that rehearsal because <laughs> if I could, and I didn't know when the last show was, but I bought my ticket. I was afraid I might not even make it in time because we didn't really know a closing time. And yeah. so to make it within one week. So even, even that, that last week is, I just was, I felt so thrilled to be there and see it. Mm -hmm. And that rehearsal of, I've said it on a few interviews too, of watching those dancers just live in there and then have moments where you see someone start to cry mm -hmm. and someone would kind of put there and then it just, you know, kept going rehearsal life was just still happening while people were crying and sad yeah. and, and watching them look out at that theater. And then to see the show that night, Miles, who was in uh, Panache. Panache. And so, and so I, I think he'd been back, he'd been back several times to see the show. He hadn't seen this new one. And mm -hmm. so we got there and I wanted to go on the stage and dance, even though my high heels were not really <laughs> helping me in that way. <laughs> so we were dancing. I got Elizabeth, who's 82, with her granddaughter, mm -hmm. who never had seen what her grandmother was a part of. And then to have Miles with his husband, um, Ricky, and we're all dancing. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Miles, I go, turn around for a second. And he stood there and he looked at what he would have seen as a dancer mm -hmm. and just started crying. Cause he goes, he hadn't really put the, you know, like I dance on the stage this whole time. So to stand there and see that view, yeah. I think it just gives me chills because I didn't dance me on too. the stage, but to see it through his eyes. Yeah. to see it through Elizabeth's eyes, to see it through her granddaughter. And then that it was my fourth time seeing the Lido and every time it's been unique and different, but there was a lot of energy in the room that night. So I think there were more people coming in knowing that it was closing. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, it just made me so happy to see a full house to feel that love and appreciation. Mm -hmm. But I did see video of those last shows and people giving you guys standing ovation and people crying and like the, the love pouring yeah. out onto you even though it was a week early I could feel like I was there because you know not everybody could be there and there's another thing that I wanted to say that even though it was a Lido closing it was also the end of the Bluebells so even those of us mm -hmm. who never got to perform on that stage I felt like we were brought into this close closure so it wasn't like our time is done this is something different like no we are all part of this and so seeing yeah. the love coming from all the generations I never worked in Paris I did Reno but even that Anubliab, that, that section, even though I didn't wear those, Top Hat was in Vegas, in Reno. Mm -hmm. There was things that looked very Don Arden that you brought back that felt like it, it brought more bluebells into it instead of just those who did the Lido. It felt like it was just taking 75 years of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and seeing that Don Arden huge vision with the big costumes, the way that the dancers are moved. I just thought that that was brilliant of that section. And then just to have that in the midst of this show that's very contemporary was just really wonderful. This is the whole 75 years represented in such a beautiful way. So you guys did an amazing. And I also want to bring up, you were in the middle of also working on a book in all <laughs> during all this. So you're, you're living in this nostalgia while all this is happening. And I loved listening to Sonia's take on how she'd never even seen mm -hmm. the show, but by hearing you yeah. and hearing the stories and watching the videos 
and getting the backstage tour that this all came to life for her before she even got to see the show because she started when COVID was happening. And I loved hearing it through that of how the nostalgia is important. Mm -hmm. And so I would say you, my friend, more than anyone I know, holds these stories more than anybody my age because they sometimes don't know what happened after or the younger ones. You've got the whole spectrum of Bluebell in your head. And I would say in your heart, because you have done it with such a beautiful love and respect for the whole, the whole legacy. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. It's very touching because yeah, it it was my life. And I think I, I am, well, first of all, I'm so grateful for those last 10 years and for everything that Lido had brought to me and how he has allow me to grow um, on its stage and on its backsta- in its backstage and all the people that I got to meet and to work with and to laugh and to party, sometimes to argue and all of those human experiences that at the end of the day, when you talk to other people, they're always so amazed. So you're like, oh, it is special actually. For me, it's normal, but it is actually quite special to have this kind of experience and to share this kind of friendship and intimacy uh, at work and to, to also to experience this kind of glamour because unfortunately, as you said, it's the end of, well, for now, of this form of art and of the bluebells and it, it is a style. And I think we got a gathering before the last show with all the dancers and Jane said a few words and then she allowed me to say a few words. And I said, don't ever let anyone tell you that showgirl or showboy or cabaret art is under any other form of art because it is important for many, many, for Parisian culture, for Vegas culture and for show business culture. And he he made a huge difference and he had a huge influence for so many, so many people. And he came from many elements that were very important and that were made by the best. So don't let anyone tell you that you are not worth it because you were a showgirl or because they have maybe some ideas about what it was or what it is because it's a beautiful form of art and we should all be proud of it. And I am super proud of it and grateful for this whole experience. and I mean, I get to spend my 20s doing what I love the most. Uh, I mean, what can I ask for more? And and also we talked about it before, but yeah, I think the fact that we closed at the moment in my life where I succeed in in being promoted and, and being in the management and had the experience of 14 months along like next to Jane and Petra and with the, the whole company, I think really helped me. Um, processing it because I think if we had closed and I was still on stage, I would have lived it differently. And and I think I would have taken it much harder uh, in a sense that my dance career was already, I already moved on for it for good reasons, because I don't think I would have lived the Lido if it was not for staying a Lido into this position. 
and and I was so grateful for that. And the, the last year that I got to spend in this new position was so amazing that at the end of the day, yes, I would have loved to continue and to keep training new generation of bluebells and to keep seeing and new creation of shows. But at the end of the day, I got to climb this other other step of the ladder and and in the most amazing way with the most amazing persons and and i think that really helps me a lot to process the the, the closing of lido because that was yeah a new dream for me and and now i'm using that to reinvent myself and to translate what i was doing at lido now i'm trying to translate that outside of lido which is a new challenge that's exciting now, only now, I'm allowing myself to think more about Lido and to be nostalgic and to look at photos and to look at videos. Uh, so some, some days it's good. I can look at it and be happy. Some days it's kind of make me feel blue. But, but yeah, only now I'm starting to be at ease with it. Um, but it took me a little while. I think it took me a big month to uh, make peace with the new Lido, not my Lido, my, my 1946 to 2022 Lido, but this new project that they have now, I'm at peace with it. I'm not allergic to Lido, but yeah, mm. it, it, I think it's normal when you, when it is such a big part of your life, you, you need time to process things. And I, I don't think it's good to stay bitter or angry at it. Uh, I don't think that's healthy for anyone. Uh, that's why I'm trying not to comment anything on the social media because what's the point? At the end of the day, they will do whatever they will do. But one thing they won't change, it's what we did. And the facts are facts. The history will stay what it was. And mm. that's the beauty of it because, yeah, we have to be happy. I, I know it sounds cheesy, but we need to be happy because it happened and not sad because it's finished. Everything happened. And I'm glad we have this book and so many other testimonies and other books and your podcast to talk about it because it is important that it it shouldn't be forget it forget it um and and I, I hope that maybe someday someone will think about it and be like hey why don't we make a rebirth and and uh, and let's produce a show i just hope that they do it in a smart way instead of calling a big name that's like pretending that they will reinvent the cabaret and they just call the right people who have the know-how because it's all about the know-how it's all about making it the right way and yes it costs money but it's so beautiful <laughs> yeah oh okay there's a couple of things i wanted to go back because i actually had done a couple a two-part series on how the showgirl will be remembered because there were mm -hmm. things being written that the showgirls passe or they're just parading around naked the same thing was written in paris it was happening in vegas when the show closed there that mm -hmm. in Vegas, they basically blame the showgirl for the show not working. And, but they had motorcycles and cages. My friend goes, maybe it wasn't the showgirl. Maybe nobody wants to see motorcycles and cages, <laughs> but that the, the showgirl, like the, well, this doesn't work because they were trying to stick the icon of the showgirl in a show that it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And in Las Vegas, they just put up these huge showgirl statues. Cause that's when you go to Vegas, that's the, the yeah. representation, but there's no showgirls anywhere except for the ones on the strip that you take your picture with that are not showgirls. They are not showgirls. So, <laughs> but they, it, it was kind of just um, dismissed, diminished. And I think if that's what you do, if it, it kind of hurts a little bit and people, like people, my generation is that what they think we did that we just walked around naked because people, the next generation of them don't know what showgirls. So I felt like that interview brought up about what is a showgirl because 
my generation, I wouldn't have said I was a showgirl. I had to keep saying I was a dancer because people thought showgirls didn't dance. So it was an interesting conversation that we never came to any conclusion of what a showgirl is because it's been interpreted differently. Yeah. If it was a mannequin. And so I loved the people I interviewed from your cast that say the word showgirl proudly. They don't have to apologize because I think they have an understanding. And some of them said it comes from you of knowing the history that this is something that should be elevated, not pushed down. So I think just saying the stories and how you went out with such class, how it's going to be remembered is how it was represented so beautifully at the end, mm-hmm. kind of for all the eras when we were trying to figure out what the heck we were. Are we showgirls? Are we dancers? And <laughs> why do I get paid $50 more for being topless? And um, yeah, so that, that part, I just love that we want to elevate it so it doesn't just go fade away as like just some passe thing. Cause it did, you know, yeah. it lasted for more than 75 years. Cause if you think of Paul Folly's Berger and the shows that were happening before that, oh, it yeah, has a, a very, beautiful, very old form of art. I mean, it didn't bond with the Lido. It, it, it existed before. I mean, the Ziegfeld Follies uh, before that, there was already Mistanguette in Paris. I mean, that there was many, many things that brought uh, all those maisons individually to, to create their own version of cabaret. To me, I think, Donard and I mean the Lido with this team of Bluebell done and all the creators that they had next to them I think they pushed it to the yeah. the, the highest the chicest and the most beautiful level that they, they, they that it was possible to to, to push it uh, I think that was just the climax of cabaret that they created uh, but there's many other versions um, the thing is like when it's entertainment because it is entertainment there's no stories there's no characters it's just tableau it's like in french we say revue because a revue can translate to a magazine so you turn the pages and you see different articles different photos and it's not especially connected to each other but it's just pretty things one things after the other and and i think it's just like yeah entertainment you want to have a nice time drink your champagne and watch beautiful images with captivating images in front of you. And, and there's all the ingredients that comes on top of that costumes, music, lights, the themes, uh, solos, group numbers. So that's a big, big uh, f- fan of, of the entertain- entertainment world. Uh, so I think because of that, people are judging it hardly um, mm. and wrongly. Uh, because I well, I listened to the um, the podcast about how the struggle will be will be remembered, and and of course uh, every cabaret artist is a trained dancer or the best of their field if they are acrobats or magician or whatever they are doing. But if we just talk about dancers, they are the best in their fields, uh, but they have this little extra. For me, it's uh, well. Of course, there's the heights, but there's also this, this je ne sais quoi that bring them above just the dancers. There's this sense of, because you're naked or almost naked and you have to dance, but also perform in the costumes and on the set be part of the ensemble, but also be an individual. There's almost this thing about being a goddess or a god on stage. To me, that's that. And if I have to define the showgirl, you can put the most amazing girl, the most amazing dancer, 
uh, alone on any stage and put a whatever costume. She will be a beautiful girl in a whatever costume. But for me, the showgirl comes with the package. You have to have all the ingredients. And I think that's why Bluebell and Dawn was so smart that they have found these ingredients. They have found the right recipe to make those shows. They knew that when you had 12 or 14 Bluebells plus 18 nudes, plus the featured nudes, plus da 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 da, da it would make an amazing image, uh, plus the costumes and, and the music and all. Uh, so I think it's all about the package. And I, I think that's why it's costly because there's so many ingredients to put <laughs> in the same plates uh, to make it work and to make it dazzling. So um, yeah, I, I think my analysis of why those shows are dying one by one is because there's so many ingredients uh, they're all very costly. And so the, the review, the show started to be longer and longer and longer. And now we are in the, um, in the era where people need new, always new, all the time. They have social media, they are scrolling down all day long. They want to see new. And you can see that in like fashion maison, uh, they are doing four, five, six, seven, eight sometimes collection a year. That's enormous for a designer oh. to have so many ideas that's almost impossible uh so and they, they they are surviving because luxury brands um now are working very well but they have they are obliged to always renew ideas and to propose new products for us in show business it's harder to do so now they're trying to do new things all the time but you cannot put the same amount of money every time so you be losing quality and i think at least the leader won't propose a show that is not the quality that it should be. I know people have something to say about Paris Merveille uh, compared to the other show, that's one thing, but at least we still had the same amount of cast members, we still have costumes, we still have sets, we still have the spirit of it because mm. Jane really worked hard on conserving the spirit and the criteria that was the Lido history criteria. At least now, it's done, but we finished properly. We are not finishing with six girl on stage. I think that would have been sad. Yeah. I think it's how Jubilee kind of went down. You know, it's like you guys stayed with it to the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And I think, you know, there's people that will want things to always stay the same. And it's hard to live in a world where things are changing and navigate how, you know, how do you create a show that you know, some people are going to be wise at the same thing and some are like, mm -hmm. why did you change it? So that's, you know, yeah. that's a very tricky thing, which I think Perry Merve held both really well. I also wanted to just say also the end of like the, the finish of your show, I feel like it brought up grief and gratitude for all the other shows that people were part of because almost every interview yeah. I did, somebody worked for Greg Thompson, they worked for Jeanne Ryan, I worked for Miller Reich, I worked for um, Barry Ashton, I worked for so many producers. And all those shows went out way before this one. There's, mm -hmm. there's really not much left. And so it felt like it was a way for us to the whole, the whole production show cabaret thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, everybody, you know, the Lido made it longer, but it was a way for those of us who did all those shows to go, Oh, this is the end of an era. Not that our shows are done, but the Lido's still going. It, it brought up grief, but it also, I think it brought in an appreciation from yeah. all the shows and all the producers, if it was Vegas, Reno, Hong Kong, that the whole genre came together, I think, to, to grieve and celebrate with you guys of just that mm -hmm. 
you know, you guys held it strong to the end. And some of the shows just kind of pooped out, like whatever happened to this show or this producer. And some of them just faded. And some like you guys went out with a bang. You went out with like the most beautiful fireworks. Yeah. I mean, we had to, because how can you pretend to be a Bluebell Girls and even like an assistant ballet master or ballet mistress and just like the, okay, well, let's just close it. Like, no, you have to, to, to make the, the, the minimum efforts to to make it count and to make it big uh because the history wants it well, it should it should be this way we we thank thank god we closed this way uh having this big celebration and and all the, the i mean i have to say the cast was just fabulous because for them it was a big shock uh and 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 some of them had to say goodbye to the dance career on that night yeah. Um, and that was hard, but this, they, all of them, they did an amazing job. And the show, after, well, the, the show throughout the whole year, but, but especially the last few weeks, was so, the level was so up there. I mean, it was just perfection. And I was so proud because it was clean, it was mastered. And I, that's one thing I, I told them as, as well before the, the last show. I said, you are masters of this form of art and they really are because you can tell that they all were so careful about projecting the right image and Mm. to apply on stage all those codes and all the way that we rehearsed how to walk and to bevel and to 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 interpret every number in a different way and I mean yeah the show was really strong Mm. And, and and yeah there was tears backstage but on stage it was just like it was 1977 again wow. <laughs> which is hard because if you feel mad at what's happening or defeated or like you are ending like I did talk to some there that was their last job you know they're not going to go out and try to hustle at this point in their career Mm-hmm. but how you know they could have just phoned it in is what we used to say when people don't really give a crap anymore yeah but they they didn't but I also am curious about you because you know what it's like to be a dancer and now you're in management and you're you're working with this cast of seeing all the emotions you've got your own emotions you're working a team with all their emotions <laughs> I don't know how much connection you had with the new owners but that puts you in this interesting place and then you're still a person with a heart and a soul like how did you navigate that of knowing you know you've got performers who might need your support or they might need a kick in the butt or I don't know what they needed but you're trying to do both these things and you're still in the middle of the story yourself I think I I try to put myself second in a sense that um, I'm also um, how do you say a representative um, you know, in a union. So yeah. um, I had many meetings uh, when we found out uh, that was very about legal stuff and how it would work. So those times for me to process and to understand and also to take as many information as I could so I could inform and respond to questions uh, to the, the teams after that. But my, I, I, I really tried to put my grief second and to... Um, come to work every day um, with a um, high head and, and, and to think we have a mission, we have a job to do, we have a show tonight and I have the well-being of the company to look after. And I think uh, Jane was a 
an amazing leader in that um, that spirit. She really told me and she really hold my hands when I would feel weak or, or very sad or I would kind of lose it. She would she would hug me and 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 tell me the exact right words for me to to dry my my tears and to be okay. Now back to work. We have a mission to do and then and then focusing on the show and on the company. Um, and I think that's only after we closed that I really took time for me. I think for the whole month, I I tried to to digest everything that happened. Uh, not so much blocking the idea of Lido, but trying to kind of avoid the negative feeling or the anger or the sadness and to, to really focus on other projects which was nice because I had other projects at the, <laughs> at the moment and I still do. Uh, but only now yeah, I'm allowing myself to, to think more about it and, and to, to have my own grieving process and, mm. and yeah, and to not be angry or, or, or sad anymore, but just grateful. But yeah, at the time, I think I was very focused on the goal to put on the best show at night and to look after the company. I think that was really what I was thinking about this mission and, mm. and to 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 be there yeah to be there for everyone and and there was this whole yeah as I said like this whole part of discussion that was like very legal and unpleasant really for everyone to talk about because no one wants to talk about how it is going to be and question about you know formations and 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 there's so many many things in the French law that are put in place, which is good for us. But but still, it's you don't do this uh, job. Uh, you do it by passion, not for whatever other reasons. So yeah, for for yeah, there was this other part that was so not so pleasant. But you know, we have to to go through it. Hmm. I talked to Jane. Jane will talk. I don't know if she wants to do an interview, but we're going to connect. Mm -hmm. kind of watching her hold it. And I saw her out front of the Lido the night I saw it. And I knew there was one more week to go of just kind of holding it together and yeah. then knowing in a week you're going to go. <sighs> and I talked to some <laughs> of the dancers because you, you know, you don't, it doesn't sink in because some people feel like they're still on vacation. They went and did their holidays or travel and they were going to weddings and getting married. And, and then after you've had some time for it to settle, to feel it, but mm -hmm. to not be in that frantic stage, it's really hard to process and not get just spinning. So yeah. I don't know, maybe the way that people chose was, you know, they went away from the city or they stayed in the city. And I know everybody's doing it different, but to have time to just process. And I, I love, I could have started with what are you doing now? Because that could be these interviews like, <laughs> okay, let's skip all that. Like, what are you doing now? Just totally minimize yeah. everything you did. Because <laughs> that, that process also might change what you do next and how you do what you do next. I'm going through, you went through. If you just dismiss this, I think it would not make you an artist that's true to themselves. Mm -hmm. If you, if you don't honor the joy, the pain, the gratitude, the anger, all the things yeah. that's a human and then create <laughs> mm -hmm. art from that place instead of like, well, I just have to be productive and move on. So you'd had Rivarte with Simone uh, yeah. already happening. And mm -hmm. it seemed like maybe that had to take a little bit of a side trip while you were trying to do those last, <laughs> that 14 <laughs> months of getting everything up. I don't know how much time you had to create costumes and design, but I did. I don't know if you posted something, but maybe also when I'm, I'm transcribing the book, looking at your sketches again and going, you were so talented. Uh, and what I see you. is what I see in you is you've got this beautiful nostalgia in your costumes, but you also have something fashion forward, mm -hmm. which I would say it's such a delicate balance. 
of like you hold both so beautifully and I can hear it in your interview of your respect for both. And like, this gives me hope for the future of cabaret <laughs> that someone's not going to just say, forget all that because I love, I love how you draw. I mean, you're an amazing artist, and I love the costume design and it does feel so classy. It makes me want to put Lucille Ball's face on some of those, which you almost have a little bit of Lucille Ball and a little bit of their, the faces. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. that, but but you've you've had that did you have to kind of put it aside and now pick it back up but it sounds like you guys are going full steam ahead because i follow you on instagram and there's shows happening (laughs) so yeah we well things happen in a certain way in life and and before when we found out that just after we found out actually that we would be closing we got called by an agency that was putting together a wedding but it was a very specific client to them because he wanted to put a show for his wedding that would be the recreation of a Berlin cabaret in the Roaring Twenties. Fun. So we went <laughs> to the meeting. We met the guy, the couple, and and then we started to proposing ideas to to put on the show. And now it's going to be an hour and fifteen minutes hour long, uh, plus attractions during the dinner. So it's a full out productions that we are sharing with um, a music director. Uh, so he's taking care of the musician and the um, singers and we are taking care of all the dancing and attraction numbers. And so for that, I'm very grateful because I did spend most of my August month. So right after we closed designing the costume. And I think that was a very therapeutic things for me to do. Uh, helping me process the, the whole closing Lido thing. Uh, having to draw about 15 costume design uh, on a theme that was kind of new to me because obviously this is Berlin Cabaret, Roaring Twenties, great, great ideas, but there's not many jewels, there's not many feathers, it needs to be different. And also we had to challenge ourselves to propose new things and not so obvious things. So obviously we have a Charleston number, we have a uh, a cabaret kind of welcome and bienvenue welcome number that is very fussy but we also wanted to get some very 90, uh, 1920s and 1930s music we are not allowing ourselves to put any remix on stage it's only going to be from that era uh, so we are using Rhapsody in Blue by Gershwin but in a different <sighs> way instead of having feathers we are going to do a point pas de cinq with one girl five boys we are doing um different things like yeah it's great for us in a creative way uh to 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 have this project and we are two weeks away from the events right now so (laughs) we are in the middle of putting everything together and costumes everywhere but that's great i mean that's what we love to do And, and yeah i'm very happy that i had that to to put my mind into something different straight after the closing of lido and and since that we had many new projects uh in the pipes uh with revarte that i hope will come come true but yeah it's very exciting and we are getting busy and busy every day uh so that's great i get that's a new new chapter i'm yeah that i'm trying to get used to because obviously Lido I knew the place inside out I knew all the the I knew the yeah the, the functionment of every everything everyone uh, it was very very comfortable for me because it was my home for so many years it was 10 years of my life and 
uh, I talked about it uh, the other day with Simone because now with Avatar, I have new responsibility. I need to deal with clients and, and to deal with agencies and to, to do new things by my own. And he was like, well, but you, you did do that with Jane and uh, Lido. And I said, yes, but I knew everyone. I knew yeah. the place. I, I knew everything. And Jane was there next to me to tell me how to do things and Petra as well. So it was challenging, but also comfortable. Uh, because it was so easy to ask questions. Now it's just us two, plus obviously we have other teams working with us, but we are the, the two heads of the, of the company uh, with Clement as well, who's uh, the, the other founder, but he's more in charge of costumes. Uh, so yeah, I have to, to, to learn new things, new tricks. Wow. <laughs> that's challenging, <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, I love to learn and I love to work. So yeah, that's, that's so a do, crazy new adventure. The- well, uh, yeah, and there's the two of you, and Simone does choreography. What? Do, how do you? So, what do you split up as far who's does what? I know you're drawing and designing, but yeah. So for now, we kind of um, yeah trying to split the work in two, in the sense that we always meet our clients together, and we are um, getting the brief or whatever events they want to do and what they are expecting from us. Then uh, obviously we provide these all together with Clément, our um, associates. And then I'm mainly in charge of doing the presentation. So I'm doing mood boards and, and putting together a whole PowerPoint uh, of to give an idea to the client of what it could be. Then once that's valid- validated, we're doing costume design. So I'm doing costume design. When I cannot, we have another very talented young man who's doing amazing costume design. Uh, and then I leave it all to Simone and Clement to take care of uh, the realization of it. And I'm coming back to be on the spot on the, the day of the event to manage the team, uh, take care of the direction for the makeup, the hair, or, or all of those little details uh but yeah that's how we kind of uh distri- are distri- distributing the the work but simone is also doing choreography he's also sewing costumes he has many talents <laughs> <laughs> it's great to 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 give the the pitch to the the prospect and yeah <laughs> for now it's like multi multitask which is great I, I mean we love to do different things and that's what i love to do at lido as well it was just not one thing it was many many things uh and i think that's the richness of our artistic job is that you get to touch so many things um and to, to try so many things all the time that's amazing that's i'm so excited for you uh, yeah i'm so excited to see what you're gonna do because i have two questions after the Lido, like I know people are teaching showgirl classes, people are interested again. Yeah. Did that bring an awareness? And I'm just curious, that might be a whole other tangent of how the French people receive this. I've heard different things, even though they may never have gone to the Lido, they still mm-hmm. think of it as theirs. And so to have it go away is taking something away from, from the French people, the French culture. But it did seem to bring an awareness to cabaret that may have kind mm-hmm. of dozed off that people weren't paying attention. Yeah. So now that it's gone, it's not an empty void. You have something there that can come up. I don't know. If, has that stirred anything up with people wanting this now that it's not, now that they maybe paid attention that it was valid? I think so. I think, I think everyone heard about the Lido closing. And even though 
they wouldn't care so much about this uh, style of cabaret or, or, or even never been a leader. I think everyone was knew what it was and was there was this general sadness, um, well, in France, but also abroad uh, about um, the leader closing. I think, yeah, it brought some sort of nostalgia and we are noticing that uh, with uh, some of the clients or agencies that are calling us for like cabaret kind of events they want cabaret they want quality showgirls so they, they are kind of finally making a difference in between just a girl with uh, random shoes and, and uh, panties uh, next to what a showgirl should be <laughs> with the yeah. right shoes the right g-string thank you so yeah i think i think it brought awareness and and i hope it will it will continue because it is important i think i think if cabaret will live on in different places maybe in smaller formats uh, but i think everyone who's trying to do cabarets should really uh, do their research and try to grasp at the golden years of when it was the golden years and, and what was the, the, um, the codes and, and try to, to reuse them today with, in a modern way with a twist, you know, have fun with it. It's, it shouldn't be old it shouldn't be the same as it was 10 20 30 years ago no that's not mm. what i'm saying i'm saying respect what was before what was there before use those codes but make it your own you know yeah. like yeah and, and and if someone there's a producer who wants to to do a big show like they used to be i hope they won't call one of those guys who's just pretending that they know everything and that they will make it better because there's, the wheel is already fine. You, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to take it and put it somewhere else in different ingredients, mm. but keep it as it is and just make it modern, twist it, but still with respect. Uh, and well, maybe we have to produce the show if we want it to be that right. Maybe Maybe we'll do a fundraiser. When you said wheel and you did this, I can picture that design of the Paris costume. Uh, yeah. it's, I think the it's Eiffel Annalisa, Tower. the yeah. Eiffel Tower that she's leaning forward. And yeah. then the Eiffel Tower, that costume is so brilliant because it does look classic chic. It could have been Hollywood, but it's too, too cool and new. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, that when you said the wheel, I'm like, oh, he reinvented the wheel of how he even did a showgirl hat. <laughs> so I have a question about that too, is you're so good at that. Is that, does this free you up to bring out that passion? Cause you couldn't do that where you're managing Lido so much of, of creating costumes mm -hmm. and the art of, I don't know, the sketch is fun for you or just the creation, but now you can focus on that, even though you're, you know, seeing clients and you're doing storyboard and all that stuff. Is, <laughs> is that, is that part something that feeds your soul in a different way to design oh, costumes de definitely and that's almost ex uh, well after we closed Lido I was sad but I was almost excited for all those possibilities and I'm very excited about the fact that I can draw again and invent new costumes and obviously sometimes I have to, to most of the time I have to draw costumes uh, that very precise in the artistic directions or 
budget-wise, so you know, so it can fit the client's needs. I have to restrain myself, but I'm still finding ways to make it fun for me as well, and to make it fun for the teams that will make the costumes uh, in terms of fabrics or cuts or stuff or makeup. Or you know, I'm trying to find ways for for it to be entertaining for everyone. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a part uh, of possibilities, and I have so many ideas of how you said it. How I can use uh, a traditional silhouette and make it my own, uh, getting inspired by what's going on in fashion right now or what's going on in music and make it struggle, but in my own way or in a way that I wish I would see it on stage today. You know, it's always about yeah. what would I like to see? What When I'm imagining mm. a costume or a number, I'm like, what do I want to see? Because I love being a viewer. I love to go to the theater. I love to watch a show. That's my, my favorite thing in the world. When I pick a, a destination for holidays, I want to know what shows I will be able to <laughs> see and watch. <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, when I'm creating, I'm always trying to, to think, what do I want to see? What do I want to watch? And how I can ele elevate it? Uh, what kind, wh how can I make it more detailed here? What, what can I, it's all about the richness. I like to, to add and to yeah to use the, the know-how the savoir-faire i think nowadays we are slowly losing all those little hands that used to do embroideries in a certain way or mm -hmm. feather work or, or you know like I, I had lunch the other day with Mille Vergès, who used to do the, the costume for lido and she still does for moulin and she dressed josephine becker dalida uh, the biggest stars in the world and she she's really the flagship of does not this know-how and that's so amazing that she's still here to talk about it and to 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 tell of all of those stories and i think that's important to keep that alive and to use those people who have this very um precious know-how mm. that actually came up when i was talking to pete menifee that not only the show but the people who have done this they don't have anybody to pass it down to and no one will know mm -hmm. the art when i went not the last time I went, but when in April, Christopher hooked it up. I cannot remember his first name that escaped me at the Plumacier, which I never knew that word, Plumacier. Yeah, Dominique. Yeah, yeah. Dominique, yeah. And then yeah. there was the, I can remember the younger guy who's kind of, he's only 21. So Jeanne. Oh my gosh. And I was watching them weave the feathers into yeah. this. And they were creating like a beautiful, like high fashion garment. Mm -hmm. And so with the Lido closing, I hope that they stay afloat, but they're also expanding into this with fashion. Yeah. And there's only this, you know, this has been what three generations of, of feather work that mm -hmm. hopefully still, but if, if they're evolving with fashion, that this can still go on with these people who pass it down. Because mm -hmm. it's such an art form, like the beading or like there's different things like the yeah. milliners or milliner craftship, you know, like if they don't have anything to create, will they stop being Mm -hmm. an art form and that's so that's that's so important and that's why the, the i think the moulin rouge is so smart because they 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 are they bought all those maisons that were about to buy to, to die uh before they would die they, they bought clairvoie who's doing the shoes they bought uh février who's doing the feathers caroline valentin is doing the broderies uh mean you still have a costume atelier there so they, they are smart to keep the, the know-how in-house uh, for them to, and you can tell, I mean, when you go watch the show at the Moulin Rouge, the show, the costumes looks just perfection. It doesn't look like the show is 22 years old. And, mm. and, I, and, I, and I hope that this will continue and I hope they will keep creating 
shows, hopefully, uh, but still with the respect and the, 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 those people who know how to put on this kind of show because it is so specific and, and we've seen it before. I mean, people trying to revamp it or to, to make it new, but it didn't work because for some reason it didn't have the right ingredients to, for, mm. for it to work. So yeah, Moulin is very smart that way and I, and I hope this will continue for years. And, and I feel like in fashion, when you look at fashion shows, well, the one that I like at least, there's this kind of comeback of the glamour. Uh, people want to be dazzling now on the red carpet. They want to wear feathers. They want to wear those Bob Mackie kind of shaped, very embroidered uh, gown. So, so yeah, I think there's this regain of interest about this whole Hollywood glamour and the, this razzle dazzle. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised that Lido is closing now that this is all coming back. But yeah, I'm still hopeful that eventually someone will pick the struggle up and, and do something mm. amazing with it. Maybe they'll go, wait a minute. Maybe we, we acted too soon. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so as we're, I, this has been a, a joy to talk to you and I've been wanting to, I knew you were so busy. And so when I reach out, I'm like, I know you're busy. So only when it works out and only if it feels right, <laughs> because I, you know, I think about all of you, like what you're going through, but also I have such faith that you will continue to make beautiful art and I, I have been transcribing all these interviews. I only, I think about two thirds of the way through, cause I've done like 150 <laughs> interviews um, to put into a book form. And I'm, and I'm not doing the repeat ones. I'm not, I'm only doing bluebells, not the bluebell adjacent. Cause I have to stop somewhere, but mm -hmm. I am, I am going to end the book with these last few interviews of the, um, this, and I'll continue to do interviews and maybe there'll be another part two book. Some two, yeah. Because <laughs> there's what's going to keep going because we're going to still tell the stories, even though the shows may, the stories are still living. But yeah. when I was transcribing the Steve Edges and, and mm -hmm. uh, it was just like I told you before, like when I'm hearing the interviews, it's, it's wonderful. And then when I see it in text and then when I'm transcribing, I'm getting like deeper into each, each person's story. Mm -hmm. And when Steve talks about getting, was it inst messenger? How were you, how were you reaching out to them? Cause there's a I part in there, like there was this young Facebook. man that was, yeah. it was Facebook. He talked yeah. about this guy that, that was like, just in love with Alito and was reaching out mm -hmm. to them on and make and asking for uh, friend invitations. And then there's a party goes, and guess what? That's that guy that we just cast in the show. <laughs> and I, I love the lead, the lead up to that of like, you were so passionate about that. And then to see you get in to be a dancer, move up to management to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. When you think of yourself younger, what was that that drew you in that like, that kept you so passionate all these years? I don't know. I think I have those images that I got very early on from the TV, um, seeing Lido, Moulin, Crazy Us uh, during the holidays period in France. We always had some um, TV special about cabarets. And uh, I, I knew, I knew very little seeing that on TV that this would be my calling and this would be my life. And then I'd like to thank my mother as well because she really is the reason that I became an artist because she's the first one who introduced me to shows. She loves to go watch shows and she still does and she still comes to Paris every time to watch shows but she really the first one who brought me to a show and I think the first one was Holiday on Ice 
So it was kind of a struggle show on ice. Yeah. <laughs> and then they brought me to Moulin when I was 10, uh, which is uh, young. <laughs> but they, they agreed. And then we watched Lido when I was 13. And yeah, see, yeah, I just knew. I knew and 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 thinking about this 16 years old now who used to send random Facebook invites to people without introducing himself <laughs> because I wouldn't talk English. So I, I don't know what they thought. They were, oh my God, what is this weirdo, this young little dancers who was adding everyone on Facebook just because I wanted to 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 have a peek to the backstage and the costumes and not in a pervy way, just to, to dream really. Uh, and yeah, from that 16 years old boy to, to now being almost 30 and had, having spent 10 years uh, doing what I love, I mean, I'm very proud and very grateful and, and, and grateful for everyone. And, and yeah, I'm proud of myself. And I think that's a good uh, place to be uh, right now after closing that chapter of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what I did and I'm, I have no regrets. There's not one thing that I would change uh, yes, it was hard sometimes. Yes, it was challenging. But God, I had a blast. I had the most fun, and and the dream never that never stopped. Uh, there's not oh. one day where I was not completely amazed, but what was going on around me. I mean, those those just glamour, the smile, the laugh, the parties. The yeah, I had no regrets. That was amazing. That's wonderful. Oh my God. And I just think of the backstage tour that we got to have when Hannah was there and, and got to bring my friend Fiona and just see you describe every costume with so mm -hmm. much. It wasn't like, okay, tour number seven. Okay. No. I knew right <laughs> over here. Over here. You'll see this. You were just so passionate. And I just, again, I think of that younger you to, yeah. to, to if you like, Oh, by the way, you're going to be back there all the time. It's just, I love thinking of our younger self of what mm. we dreamed and that it actually happened because a lot of, you know, that doesn't happen for everybody. And to get no. to dream, you dreamt at the highest yeah. level. You weren't dreaming of, yeah. you know, doing just regional theater. You're like, I'm going to be at the Lido, the most prestigious cabaret yeah. in the world. And I'm going to also be management and continue. Yeah. I'm really proud of you, uh, Jeremy. I just love your you. passion and attention and your work ethic and how you treat people and I'm watching how well you and Jane managed, you know, through those really trying of COVID and coming back and all the things you navigated and to do with such grace and love and community. Those are the things that matter more than success. I think for most of us, it's <laughs> not that you were successful, but you did it in such a, a beautiful way. So you, I know people, when they tell these stories, you're going to be such a integral part of why it was beautiful at the end instead of just, just depressing and sad. It was actually a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful, sad ending. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, um, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it enormously. And, and really, it was an honor. It was an honor from A to Z to be part of that. And to and it will still be, it will always be my biggest pride. And, and I, I will keep listening to all the stories and and hopefully we'll talk again and see where we are. And, and I'm sure there's more to come in a different way, but we have to, I'm, I'm not, yeah, forever optimistic. So I'm staying hopeful for new things to come and, and a different way to do showgirl show and, and all of you. And we have to keep dreaming. Well, I when I left Paris this last time, I thought, well, I come because I've never had any. I thought, well, I'll get to Paris eventually. And then when I went to the reunion, I knew I had to go back and see the shows. Well, then mm -hmm. COVID hit. 
So then to go back in April and then know the shows in July, I'm like, I can't really afford to come, but I can't not come. So when I left, I had this sentiment like, well, I come back here. And I went, of course, I'm going to come back. I want to see what Jeremy's doing. I want to see what Chris, uh, Christopher's doing. I want to see what, you know, Cabaret Diversity, what they're doing. I want to see, mm-hmm. of course, I have to come back. These people are going to still create and new things are going to happen. And Paris is going to be Paris and it's going to be beautiful art. So I will maybe just not go down that part of the Champs-Élysées then my first trip back. I will just walk walk a different direction. I don't think I can handle it yet, but I, I'll maybe get more mature later and be able to walk down there. But yeah, I will be back because I really want to come see like, yeah. all the, the new things that are being created and it's hopeful and it's not a dismissive, you know, pushing it aside. Yeah. So I love, love that. And that's, that's the end of what happened in those walls, but that's not the end of us. Uh, right. And, and, and yeah, and, the legacy won't be forgotten and and yeah we're still here we're still here mm. thank you until i see you in paris this time i'm really going to take you out for a drink you've always been too busy but you probably will be again maybe i'll just i'll give you a to-go we'll, cup we'll make it happen <laughs> we'll make it happen <laughs> oh jeremy best to you and i will talk to you soon i'm thank sure thank you sherry yes